Hi, this is Joseph, the host and creator of Sci-Fi Graveyard, as hosted by The Heart of Geek. Is there a topic that you love to talk about? Would you love to share that topic with millions of listeners around the globe? If so, then you're almost there to starting your own podcast. The only thing you need is Anchor.fm. With Anchor.fm, you can record, edit, and publish your own podcast to the Anchor site and to popular podcasting sites around the world. So what are you waiting for? If you'd like to get started, all you need to do is head to the Play Store on Android or the App Store if you have an iPhone. Start the download and get recording today. Thank you for listening to Sci-Fi Graveyard and on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sci-Fi Graveyard. With me is Jeremy, Josh, and Stephen. I'm Joseph Gettinger. So we're going to talk about the 80s classic or cult classic would be better descriptive of it yep. maximum overdrive maximum overdrive was released in theaters on, on july 25th of 1986 the movie was not a financial success but over the years this movie has found a cult following and is enjoyed by people to this day uh the movie stars emilio westevez pat hingle who you may know as commissioner gordon from the batman series and lisa simpson aka yearly smith the film was written for the screen and directed by fame author Stephen King. Now, Maximum Overdrive was based on the novella Trucks, which is part of the collection of short stories by King called Night Shift, which was published in 1978 and was yeah. King's first collection of short stories. Truck was, Trucks was not the only story adapted from this work as Graveyard Shift, The Mangler, Sometimes They Come Back, Children of the Corn, and The Lawnmower Man were all all have received adaptations. Maximum Overdrive was not the only adaptation of the story Trucks. Now, according to IMDb, this TV movie was released on October 29th of 1997. And I remember watching this on the Sci-Fi channel. Now, aside from this being a way lower budgeted film, the, the movie Trucks differs from Maximum Overdrive. So it's not, a, not really considered a remake. Uh, trucks, the vehicle seem to have sprung to life via toxic waste or government secret chemical. I don't believe it's ever explicitly stated. It's kind of, it could be either or. Also, the story moves from North Carolina where Maximum Overdrive takes place and Trucks takes place in Nevada near Area 51. Ooh. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so some interesting trivia about Maximum Overdrive aside from what I stated. Um, all this can be found on the IMDb. While the movie was being filmed, the, Stephen King had a co-director on this film, and, hit, and this co-director's name was Cocaine. Uh, Stephen King was coked out of his mind the entire time he was making this movie and didn't know what he was doing, and he was criticizing <laughs> as such. Um, it's also rumored that George Romero of Night of the Dead fame actually ghost-directed a large portion of this film while King was seeking treatment to get rid of his coke habit. It was noted by fans that the film features many of the camera angles and editing choices that Romero is known for. Um, the rumor has never been confirmed by King, but he did mention Romero was constantly on set and King would ask his, for his advice. Another big piece of trivia that some people may not know, but if you're nerds like us, you would know this. The primary truck in this movie is notable for the goblin face on it. And for those who don't know, this is the face of the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man comics from Marvel. The Dixie Boy truck stop was an actual set built in Wilmington, North Carolina, where the movie takes place. However, it looked so real that real truckers tried to stop at this location and had to be told it was just a set. 
the the band ACDC was asked to do the music for this movie personally by Stephen King, as the author is a huge fan of the band and actually sang one of their songs to them to help convince them uh, that they should be in the movie. Uh, they actually was supposed to. They were actually supposed to be in the movie, but they decided against it. But if you look at the beginning of the movie, there is a van that has the ACDC logo on the side at the beginning when everything yeah. starts to come to life. So, so as normal, I'll start off with my first thoughts, um, and then we'll go on. Again, if you like the trivia that I shared, most of this was found on the IMDb website. Uh, first thoughts, this movie, I don't remember having any before going in. I've actually saw this movie for the first time in the mid to late 80s, most likely on HBO. Uh, this movie has been a favorite of mine and my sister's for years. Um, I actually like I actually like to kid my mom and call this her favorite movie. In fact, I texted her today and I even said, hey, I'm watching your favorite movie. And she's like, oh, you're watching Maximum Overdrive. And she hates this movie. Um, she's a big fan of Stephen King. But she doesn't like this movie. She thinks it's a pretty stupid film. Um, I actually really enjoy this film, and it's it's pure cheese. Um, it's a B movie. Don't don't look at it anything other than that. But I just always first impressions growing up with this movie. I loved it. It was never really scary. It always just made me laugh. Um, Stephen, what was your first thoughts about this movie? Uh, yeah, it's one of those movies I haven't seen. I I hadn't seen since I was a kid, and I went on YouTube and looked up a bunch of trailers for it, and yes, uh, one of the trailers is Stephen King talking about how this is the first of his, like, books that he actually directed a movie for, and you can tell he is ridiculously coked out of his mind even in the trailer because he's (laughs) just an absolute weirdo and it's actually hilarious because it makes the trailer just seem super silly i know i'm talking about this from the 2020 perspective i'm pretty sure in the 80s it probably would have been like holy crap things are coming to life and going to kill us that's weird and now it's just like you thought that was scary? What? <laughs> but yeah, that was my first thought. He was he was totally coke in that trailer. The first time I saw that trailer is, you know, I have it on DVD, and I bought the DVD back when it came out on DVD, back, or at least in the early 2000s. And um, the first time I watched this trailer, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with that man? He looks crazed. And this was before I knew that he was coked out of his mind through much of the 80s. So, <laughs> like, well, I mean, he was sense comp- with how much money he was making. <laughs> <laughs> he what was, else he was so <laughs> coked. He was so coked. He's like, it's the 80s. I'm going to do a lot of coke and uh, not vote for Rockwell. That's my favorite line in that movie. <laughs> he, he, he cameos in this movie, uh, much like Alfred Hitchcock did in his. And he's at the ATM, and he goes, you are an asshole. And he's like, honey, come over here. Sugar lumps, this machine just called me an asshole. <laughs> That's my favorite line. Well, you know, it's right then at the beginning, the billboard, I think right out the bank, is saying, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, over and over again. I don't yeah. know if you noticed yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. 
it changes from the, the time and temperature to telling everyone, fuck you. And I'm like, <laughs> and then yeah. you are an asshole. You are an asshole. <laughs> uh, I love this. And I do consider this sci-fi because a lot of people don't know this. And then you wouldn't know it unless you read the stuff at the beginning and the end, because the earth passes through a comet. And this, this is when all the, the vehicles start coming to life. Uh, they, they, they mentioned this kind of like in the goofs of the movie where the cars didn't come to life. It's only trucks and other vehicles like uh, a bus, an ice cream truck, which has some funny stuff, um, the airplane. But in the novella that I read, I haven't actually read the novella and I do have a copy of it and I do want to read it because I do want to see how they differ. Um, in the novella, cars don't come to life either. It's just trucks and everything else. So it's like, the trucks were the ones specifically coming to life. Yeah, and the, except for the, the grills yeah. weren't doing anything either, or most of the yeah stuff. It's like yeah, so like the grill jump at somebody too. Yeah, there were <laughs> like tinier machines that did stuff, but I think it was just they were so tiny that they weren't like much of a threat. Well, well yeah. honestly, no. no yeah. If you paid attention, no. If you paid attention, like when Deke was riding his bike through the neighborhood. There was headphones that were blasting out people's ears. There was a damn yeah. little toy that killed a dog. There was a hairdryer yeah. that wrapped itself around some chick's neck. I mean, and that, then eventually, that the, and the car show, uh, and later on in the movie. And I have to mention because you didn't say it in, in, in the, the vending machine. Was... But the dude from Fright <laughs> the, Night, the dude from Fright Night was in this movie, and I don't know his well, name. You know who else was in it? Uh, the guy from Last Dragon that played the bad guy, the white dude, he played the dude that was driving the car that took uh, what's her face to the the uh, camp camp something or other. The guy that took at the very beginning they had the nice car that got run into the one that gets backed out into the the ditch. The he Bible salesman. Yeah, the Bible salesman. He was yeah. the guy that was the white dude that was uh, the producer in Last Dragon. Oh. And, I didn't know that. Yeah, that. Yeah, and then um, what else? Uh, the girl, I don't know if you've seen Devil's Advocate, but the girl that was in it that sleeps with um, Emilio. Emilio Estevez, if you've seen Devil's Advocate, the, the secretary that slept with Craig T. Nelson that lied on the stand. Anyways, there's... Oh. There, yeah, so there's... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the... for devil's advocate. No. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying I just watched that movie. So it's like literally I was like oh, it's really familiar. And we just talked about Last Dragon and or Steven did and his TLDR. So Yeah. When I was did. watching the oh. movie, I said, That guy looks familiar. And when I looked him up, that's who he is. He's the damn guy from Eddie the movie. So yeah. So <laughs> So I'm like, dang it. Okay, that's why he looked familiar. I can't familiar. believe how I couldn't recognize him, but I guess because... What's well, the most seen... of the different color hair? In, yeah. in, in Last Dragon, his hair is darker, and in this one, he's wearing a hat, so you don't see the bald head. So yeah, and, it's uh, the Black face Dra that got it. He doesn't even sound the same, but it was the face that made me think about it yeah. the way it looks. Because I think Last Dragon actually was made before Maximum Overdrive. So I think Last Dragon came out in '84. I want to say that sounds right. So, it was either '84 or '85. 
And so before we, we get off tangent, because yeah, we all love this movie. <laughs> but anyway, I love this movie. I've seen it a million times. I've seen it like so many times. I bought it on DVD and all that stuff. This is one of my fa- all-time favorite. I'm like, it's kind of like a horror slash sci-fi anyway, because it has horror tropes, What's that? You cut out. It has sci- oh, oh, you can't hear me? Lame. Oh, I can hear you. But I was saying, I like, it's like, sci- and this movie's like a horror movie, but with uh, sci-fi tropes in it. So I've seen this yeah. a million times, so I already knew, the, like, as soon as we were talking about it, I was like, do I even have to watch the movie before I end? Because I've seen it <laughs> so have- many fucking times. I just watched it to refresh myself because yeah. it had been some years since I've seen it. But I didn't I didn't really have to watch this anymore again either because you know I fucking love this movie since I first saw it. And Last Dragon came out in eighty five, so I was close. And Steven, you got it right, eighty five. Um Jeremy, what were your first thoughts? Cause I think you like this movie too. Oh yeah, I mean it and I don't know who will agree with me on this, but of course it would seem if you guys have seen them, and I know you guys all have because I grew up in the same house as most of you, but um, Creep Show is what this, the, the vein in which this is made reminds me of that movie mm-hmm. because even like the, the way the music kind of was yeah. in the background, and I know it was made around the not too far, you know, year wise, but even like the cinematography kind of mirrored that movie. Yeah. But my first thoughts is that it reminded me of that movie, even though Creepshow may have come out beforehand, but it had been so many years since I've actually seen this one. Rewatching it, it, it kind of reminded me of how Creepshow was. The only difference being there's a there's a multiple there's multiple stories in Creepshow, but they kind of play in the same manner as this movie did. Yeah, yeah. I um, I saw Creep Show two before I saw the first Creep Show, so I, I grew up on Creep Show two. My, like my mom was a big horror a, fan. I still need to check out the new Shutter series or whatever that they that they did of it. I haven't heard like anything good about. Yeah, it, and Creep still. Show two is on Ma- Amazon Prime. So nice. Me and Josh, was, we may we may develop another podcast or something related to horror films. Yeah, so, we should. There's a yeah. there's actually a horror movie when I was looking at stuff. I've been watching a lot of horror stuff lately, and I actually watched this movie again recently just while I was writing all my information. There's a a horror movie called Behind the Mask, and it's filmed like a documentary where this crew follows this serial killer around. And oh, I want to watch it on the, Amazon. That's kind of like this movie called Creep, where it has uh, Mark Duplass in it, where there were. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll have to talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about thing. that. Yeah, when, when when it when it gets to Halloween, we got to do something for horror, something horror yeah. related. But I love this movie. The reason I was asking you all earlier to think of like some character you might think who you might relate to in this movie, because then this I don't know if you all feel this way, but to me this movie feels like it's a zombie film in essence, but with vehicles. So instead of the dead coming back to life to kill people, it's Optimus Prime and <laughs> the toy truck. Um, so that's why I was asking y'all earlier to think of what character you related to, because this really feels like a, a zombie apocalypse movie, especially like the original Night of the Living Dead, where they're all holed up into a house with the dead outside. 
as opposed to this movie where it's the vehicle circling and yeah. they're trapped inside of the, uh, the, tr- the Dixie boy, which is the name of the truck stop. So, so, so before we give our final thoughts and before we talk about everything else under the sun, I just wanted to talk about what characters you all think you related to and why, and see if anyone else agrees with the, with your assessment. So I'll go first. And the character I kind of agree with, I think I fit in with the most is I feel like I fit in with like, I, I, Curtis. Which one Curtis is Curtis? Is the, Curtis is the one that's the newlywed and his okay, wife yeah. was Connie played by Yeardley Smith. And she's the one who's like, Curtis, is, is he dead? Yeah, and okay, by yeah. the way, this, this is Yeardley Smith's favorite role of hers too. And I'm uh, using the air quotes when I say that she hated this, she hated this role. Um, but I feel like I feel like I I relate to Curtis because I would want to help, and I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm like Emilio I'm not the hero, but I would want to help out because I just want to like help the the dying Bible salesman. Well, I mean he was the a hero too. Tried to be he a, was. anyway. So just yeah, different he was, very but, uh, variations of being the hero. But the the main focus was on Emilio Estevez, and so like. I felt like I related more to Curtis, especially having a wife who wouldn't want me to go out there and do those things. And she'd be like, there'd be a man laying up hurt if you go out there, Curtis. And so I kind of, I kind of related to him a lot because I know my wife would want to stop me from running out where there's killer vehicles. (laughs) So that's why I related to who'd like to go next. Uh, I guess I'll go next. I was thinking either Curtis or Emilio, honestly, just because, the Emilio part reminds me of like uh, my own personal problems with certain things that like how they uh, they were like he was a reformed con or whatever like getting yeah. out of prison or whatever and he's redoing stuff so I, uh, I know how that would kind of feel like that's the only reason why I was thinking Emilio Curtis is more like because I've been married before and I've had people nagging in my ear like constantly <laughs> so I definitely understand that part too and both of, um, both of me I think that knowing that they're like the more hero types out of all of them like I definitely think that it would be either one of them like, uh, just because, like, especially it showed, like, him, uh, Emilio being a stupid kid, and then he's, like, trying to be the good guy now. But, uh, yeah, I figured that that was going to be, like, too obvious, but then I was like, oh, probably Curtis, too. It probably makes sense. <laughs> Curtis was probably my favorite character in the movie. Curtis? Um, it's just so funny so- how fast Emilio got into them panties, though. Jeez. It was like within the yeah. first like you know, thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah. He's like, no Bible th- salesman, you don't get to touch my leg, but Emilio Estevez sure does. He could do a lot more than that. He's the hero. Hey, Emilio. <laughs> Emilio. Oh, I mean, what? You beat me to it, dude. I was going to do that. Are we going to Emilio? Emilio. <laughs> I. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. She didn't waste no time dropping her panties for him. 
That's what I was right. like, at least with the other t- <laughs> with Curtis well, and his girl his wife or whatever, that like it's understandable for that, but like she was just like this movie sent cool. <laughs> one thing about this movie that I noticed when I re when I watched it again was that it seemed to skip ahead in time to where people met each other and knew each other for a long like especially with Emilio and the girl. The girl just showed up, but then they skipped to a scene where they're talking like they'd known each other for a week. <laughs> That's what I was and saying. Then, yeah, and then they skipped the, a, but, five minutes later and they're sleeping together. And I'm like, what the shit? There was yeah, no like Yeah. But yeah. it takes place the course of like two days because they they make that <laughs> you know the, the way the dialogue happened though it was like they they had just met and then the next time you see them talking it's like they had been together for a long time like 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 they're a couple already like, yeah it was mm-hmm. like okay that seems kind of and then like the next scene you see them sleeping together that's and talking saying, about it was like didn't okay take that long at all for her to be like okay she was let's like, hang out She's like, I'm gonna sneak into these pants, these coked fill pants. So, Stephen, who did you relate to? Uh, this is going to be a controversial pick, but the little league coach. And I have a feeling that if this happened in real life, I would be dead in the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> getting hit in the dick, and then all of a sudden you just sit there the, and you're like, take, hold on, take, it's take, take, stuff at me. Hold on, maybe I should leave. Am I the only one who laughs at that scene where he gets like hit oh, in the dick with the can? Some of the decisions these people made in this movie is stupid. I mean, it's like you deserve what you got. Yeah. Like you, you hit the thing, then you look directly into the thing, like. What's gonna happen? Well, you know, or like the gas sure. scene where the guy fucking puts the gas thing right up to his face, looking in the hole. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the thing decides to shoot gas in your face. Well, maybe you shouldn't have been looking directly <laughs> yeah, into the yeah, fucking yeah. thing. Well, that's more true. You know, it's like I know, but it's like, well, shit. You, I think you deserve to get shit shot in your eye, or. The Giancarlo Esposito in the video game room deciding to see those things and steal all that shit that kept coming out, and then he decides to touch the damn video game arcade that's doing some weird shit and he gets electrocuted or whatever. So I'm not sure, but I probably take all them quarters too. (laughs) I know, but I'm just saying, you know, you turn around that shit, you kind of deserve what you get when you do shit like that. So it's like, you know, anyway. Yeah, but I, but I, you gotta have some common sense, or at least, yeah, you gotta gotta at least have some kind of like be like, hold on, doesn't this seem kind of funny? Shit's all getting sprayed out in front of the floor for no apparent reason, nobody's saying nothing, and then all of a sudden, this arcade machine's like, hey, come here and touch me. Yeah, well, I I want you to touch me. Touch me, touch me. Honestly, the first uh, like, I totally forgot that he even died at the beginning. I thought he lasted a lot yeah. longer. And then when I watched it, I was like, "Oh shit, I forgot he did die." Like at this board, I was like, "Damn." He got he got possessed by the game that could miraculously produce ESP test logos, uh, pictures. So, Jeremy, who did you relate to in this movie? Or who do you feel like you relate to? Well, it's a mixture, like kind of like Josh said, because I, I feel that in general, 
like today, I would be more of a Curtis because obviously I'm married. But I would not envision Connie being like, or Elaine being like Connie. So that's where I kind of differ. <laughs> so I relate to the Curtis part because I would right. want to go help too. But Connie definitely, Elaine would not be telling me she doesn't think I can go out there. She'd probably more or less want me to go out there. And so that's where I relate to uh, Emilio or Bill Robinson's character because, or Emilio Estevez's character, Bill. Billy the because, kid. Because I would be the one that would want to take care of everything. And I'd I hear you. So... But I mean, other than that, there was I would not be an asshole like Pat Hingle is in the movie. Like I do, I wouldn't treat people the way he treated. Like you know, he's basically using all his workers because they were all ex-parole people or ex-cons because they all had those stars on their time cards. Um, so the, yeah, and you um, wouldn't so, be the dude from Fright Night where he t- and stops his tracks just to pull a diamond ring out and then gets ran over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, that ring looks beautiful though. Yeah, he, I wouldn't be stupid. Was... I wouldn't be dumb enough to do a lot of that shit that some of these people did in this movie. So, I mean... You know, it's funny about him. That actor was actually an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where he played a country singer that was dying from cirrhosis of the liver. So basically drank himself to death. Oh my god. From the first season episode, um, The Neutral Zone. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever, I don't know if we'll ever do Star Trek on this show, but that episode, basically these people from the 20, late 20th century were frozen, mm-hmm. um, were cryo- cryogenically frozen, and the Enterprise discovers them and thaws them out, and he's one of the ones they thaw out. They also thought the guy who played in uh, Friday the 13th Part 8 as the teacher, Jason Takes Manhattan, and he was also Adam Harm Chance from Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode, Agent for Harm. But they all they thaw them out, and he's he like he was an alcoholic in that movie, so he did some stuff in the Next Generation episode too. Yeah, well, all <laughs> I know is this like, movie. I forgot how many people were actually in this movie that were like did huge things, especially uh, Juan Carlo Esposito, or I think I'm saying that right, where he's like off doing like movies and video games and all that shit now Frankie Faison's probably the one that's done the most which one's that one the black guy he was the driver oh the the driver of the truck yeah he's yeah but I mean I think he was doing movies before that movie too so oh he was but I mean he's continued to do them not too long before that movie but he's done a ton since then you know like some of these guys that have done I mean, Emilio Estevez, but it's been years since Emilio's done a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, he was more famous for being Coach Bombay, sadly. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to be um, in the Mighty Ducks series that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Emilio. Yeah, that's cool, anyway. Definitely good for him. But uh, this, this but, I love this movie. Like, when the gun shows up with the, the Morse code. Mm-hmm. You gotta refill our truck. Like that's like one of the dumbest parts in the whole entire movie. Though they're like fucking spending all this damn time, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, we're gonna kill you unless you refill our gas." 
It's funny, the kid's <laughs> the one that knew Morris Code, though. Yeah. yeah, he was the only one that was a Boy Scout. Did y'all notice the song that the ice cream truck plays throughout the movie? That it shows up like in the movie. Jake is going through the neighborhood, and then it yeah. shows up at the near the end, and Curtis take and Brett take out the ice cream truck. But the With song only that a few it, shots. <laughs> yeah, the the song that it's playing is King of the Road. Which you know, one is that I, one though? I, King of the Road. I, yeah. I was listening to it and going, why do I know that song? And I couldn't Me, I had to look it up, too, because I'm like, I know this song. And it's like, yeah, because it, it, it's just playing a slowed down version of it. Because you can hear at one part, it goes, ding, 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 ding. And it's King of the Road. <laughs> I, I honestly would have liked to have seen more of the ice cream truck, maybe. <laughs> In this movie, yeah, no, it was only in like what, like two scenes or something. <laughs> and and the airplane crashed on the bus, but like, did the bus have kids in it, or was it just a bus that? That's what life? I'm assuming. Either that, or it ran out of gas. Because like the the plane like landed like right on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. The stupidest the stupidest deaths in this movie were the guy who stole the ring. Um, he was an idiot. And then um the blind dude. I'm gonna go find my son. Oh yeah, it was dumb. two feet and then he gets ran over. He gets he ran over by the hey, there's two of them. So, That's what I was saying. He was not only stupid putting the he, gu- the gas thing in his face, but then he decided to walk off when he couldn't see anything. He was an idiot. That was um Duncan. And then and the waitress dude, too. Yeah. We, we made, made you, you. We, we made you. Why are you doing this? <laughs> Have you no respect? And then she gets shot by the the army truck with a gun. The army golf yeah. cart. It's like yeah, she could have said that when they were just running around. Like those three people didn't have to die. <laughs> like now, I get the like if you wanted to kill her off, they could have killed her off when the gun started shooting off inside. And that's where the guy who opens up the doors in the green shirt, what did he say, like, something motherfuckers, and, like, breaks the glass on the arcade doors. I still thought one of the funniest parts was, like, near that part when the guns come out. And then uh, the one, and, like, right before they shoot, like, three or four people. And then the dude's like, what the fuck is going on? Where he bursts open through both the doors. <laughs> and then he's like, what the hell is going on? It looked like he was all drunk from the night before. Yeah. Like, what the, hell? the one guy, the one guy woke up with a sandwich on his shirt, and he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, oh, uh, there's a. <laughs> I love this movie. I don't even know why I love this movie because this movie is. Because this, it's got a perfect amount of cheese. It is, with, it's just like one. You've only said it like eight times. Yeah, I do. I do. I got to reiterate it. But uh, once again, I think the main part of this thing, why it works so well, is because like, it's got the perfect amount of like, you could tell that it's a B movie, right? Oh, yeah, but definitely knows, a B movie. But it knows what it is, right? Like, it knows that it's fucking absurd. And that's why it works so well is because they know that it's like, oh, okay, machines ran over and blah, blah, blah. And it's funny how only certain 
things would work, but not all of them. <laughs> yeah, like, they explain it in like just dialogue for a little bit, and then they're like, and like even at the end where they all get on the boat, and uh, because they explain it like it only happened over a course of like a couple days, and then they're like, they are both all survivors, and then that was it. Yeah, <laughs> the ending like, was oh, kind okay, of we did it. The ending was kind of anticlimactic when they destroyed the goblin truck, the toy truck, and which I wish there was something more of an ending to it because it just it kills the dude trying to steal the ring because he's an idiot. He literally was like twenty feet from the boat in safety. Yeah, he could have. <laughs> like, like, okay, so like he saw it within like fucking like at least a nice decent amount of distance where he could at least hid behind the car. He but- could have done something. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls the diamond ring and then it's like 20 or 30 feet back and then he turns around and he's like ah and then all of a sudden he gets ran over every time he um time. It reminds me of this football game i watched like many years ago like there was a I, I think it was dallas who did it but like the guy was running towards the end zone and he was literally like 20 yards away or 10 yards away and so he starts showboating before he gets into the end zone, the score, and the other player from the other team runs up, knocks the ball right out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right before I've seen, I've seen that way too many times. I've seen that type same, of shit all the time. It's the same thing. Like, he's like, you, dude, you were like literally, it's like, yeah, it's like, focus, you're almost there. You're like, oh my. At the finish line, and you're like gonna steal a ring. And why are you taking like ten minutes to take the ring off her finger? It's not like it's gonna be like. I mean, yeah, granted, then, if it's real, you, a real life shit, then probably it would have been harder for him to take it off because of rigor mortis and all that shit. Yeah, because on how long she would have been dead for. But also at the yeah. same time, he was taking like ten minutes to walk over there and be like, "Oh, there's a ring." Oh. Everyone's like, on the boat really? getting ready to get. What is that going to do? Because then he takes the ring and then he starts walking back like nonchalantly, like starts like what whistling and looking at the ring. Dude, and then he turns around and then he just lets him run, run him over. And then they get in the boat and then they're like, "Oh well, he's dead. Let's go." <laughs> yeah, they blow up. They blow up the Green Goblin truck and then they go. But the the reason I consider this science fiction more than horror is because if you read the ending text crawl of this movie, the, you find out that a Russian weather quote air quotes satellite fired and destroyed an UFO with nuclear weapons. Yeah. <laughs> and like a big laser cannon. Yeah. It so goofy. <laughs> like they would have had a damn laser cannon. <laughs> well that's the thing, because it was the Cold War, so they the Russians had a weather satellite armed with a laser cannon that can destroy things from orbit. <laughs> and so it took out the UFO. So they, basically this was be, being controlled by aliens. So when so when Emilio's banging breath, he's like... Emilio! <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it again. <laughs> when Emilio's like, after he gets done banging breath, he's like, imagine your race of aliens. So basically it was aliens controlling the vehicles. <laughs> it's making them kill people. Hmm. I mean, that would make more sense anyway. At least you know that. Uh, then, uh, instead of just all the machines just turning on and being like, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna kill you now." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they. I want to. I want to read uh, trucks because I want to see the difference. 
And I kind of get the alien aspect more because if you watch the TV movie trucks, which I was almost like, maybe we should do this episode too as an episode to compare the two. But trucks is, is really stupid. It's so low budget. I mean, it's perfect for the show, but well, this, I don't, yeah, this movie had to have been low budget too. I mean, well, yeah, this one was low budget, but this was like a Hollywood film. Uh, yeah. D, uh, what's it? Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah. Is how, what was it? And he did a, De Laurentiis Entertainment Group did a lot of stuff back in the 80s. So this was like, you know, it was a low budget, but it wasn't like, you know. Too low budget, yeah. It wasn't like, it, it was like $10 million as opposed to it probably like. Blair Witch Project. Low budget. Yeah. But the one that aired on Sci-Fi Channel, like, it's basically. It was like, here's eight bucks. <laughs> and the it takes place at a truck stop in Nevada for because of Area 51. And um, basically, there's this toxic waste type stuff that gets out. And it's like from Area 51. So it's either alien or some government experiment. And it takes over machines. Like, this mailman gets killed by an RC-controlled car, which was really stupid. Now, I do kind of get what? the dog. Yeah, yeah, and the, the truck thing. Because I, I remember the trucks movie when we were, when we started talking about this. I'm like, I wonder if I could find it. And I found it. It's actually free to watch on YouTube. Uh, legit free to watch. And so, like, not some guy who just randomly uploaded it. Like, it's under YouTube movies. It's there to watch. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, and this movie is so dumb. It's, it's, so this RC car knocks over the mailman and kills him, hits him like three times in the face or four times. And it's like, it kills him somehow. Um, There's one scene where like these government guys are in their, they got the containment suits and one guy's outside examining like the, the gunk. And then the other guy's suit comes alive and kills him. It fills up like a balloon kills him, and then kills the other guy. It's really, so really it's supposed stupid. to be kind of like a hazmat suit? Or yeah, it was a hazmat suit came to life because of the toxic waste type stuff. It's really... It's, a hazmat suit come to life? That seems that's, kind that's of dumb. The, yeah, the, but, the stuff uh, that was yeah. making the vehicles come to life brought it to life. But yet, not the truck that they were in. So, whatever. And it's it's really, really dumb. Um, I say give it a go. If you if you're interested in it, if you want to watch stop. something really stupid, yeah, this one it's like this one's like really stupid and it kind of falls in the, it could almost fall into the so bad it's good good quality. Whereas Maximum Overdrive, you kind of know what you're getting into when you you sit down to watch it, and it's awesome. And, and it's, still, it's, a, it's a, a nice amount of crap. Mixed with the good. Are we on our it's, final thoughts now? Uh, well, I'm I'm not yeah, like might I mean, as well. Might as well. Final thoughts, but so final thoughts. Everyone knows what you're watching when you're watching Maximum Overdrive. It is a high a higher budgeted B film. It, it makes I don't think it makes any. It doesn't try to present his itself as anything but, and I really think. It's a good thing because you a lot of we were having a discussion in in a group I was in, and we were talking about watching movies for entertainment, watching movies for analytical reasons. And one person says, "I don't understand how you can do that, Joe, because every time I watch something, I'm like, well, this doesn't make sense. This is stupid. 
this isn't how it would work. And I'm like, well, I can do that. I did it with the Rise of Skywalker because I had to. It, to me, it's a switch. If I'm watching something for pure entertainment, I can turn off the analytical part of my brain. But there's also or times when I'm you know it's going to be fucking stupid, too. Yeah. I mean, I know this movie. I know what this movie is. I've watched it for over 30 years, you know? Like, I I know what to expect. So, to me, I think this movie's perfect the way it is. It's cheesy. It's, it is stupid. It, it's definitely so bad it's good. But... It is what it's supposed to be, I guess. It's it's just a horror sci-fi horror film with all the tropes and Stephen King and cocaine and possibly George Romero. <laughs> so, like, I love this film. I always I recommend this film um, to anyone who wants to watch something cheesy. Uh, the first time I watched it with my friend Justin. Um, I we just kept jokes about it because every time the Green Goblin would show up, I was like, "Avenge me!" Because you know, Green Goblin from Spider Man in two thousand one, two thousand two. I think even <laughs> when I first remember watching this movie, I remembered that the it was the Goblin, uh, the Green Goblin from uh, Spider Man. I think Spider-Man. even when I first watched it. And it was like he was, uh, the truck seemed like to me like the big bad of like all the things. And I think yeah, that's he why was, died last. But yeah, he was the big bad, especially. But I think it's just uh, the perfect amount of everything. I think that, especially, it does remind me of Creep Show and all that stuff, but it would make sense because, because, because it's from a Stephen class. King helped and all that stuff. I don't remember if it was him and, and then George Lucas directed or if it was Stephen Directed King what? directed Creep uh, the Creep Show one and two or whatever. Like, um, I don't remember who did. I knew well, this was the only, they were both involved, was, but this was the only movie that uh, he. This was the only movie. Romero directed Creep Show. He wrote it. Oh, yeah, he wrote it. George Romero directed it, and Creep Show too. But that would kind of point to what you were talking about earlier, Joe. With the yeah. It makes the way sense it was with filmed. everything, the way that it was filmed. And the yeah, second I'm one was, and I don't remember too. the second one, uh, but a different person directed that one. Yeah, Romero yeah, actually that's did what the I thought play. it was, too, was that yeah, somebody else directed the second one. But yeah, Michael because they didn't Gornet. have the Stephen King cameo in it. Yeah, Stephen King wrote some of the stories, and so did George. And that makes sense, because like we I said at the beginning, this movie was literally a short story from the book Night Shift. And so mm-hmm. so it makes sense. And have you ever noticed, though, Stephen King adaptations are hit or miss? Uh, from well, his I, mean, I mean, some of his books are very hit or miss, too. It's like if we would talk about it and talking about the difference between the movies and the books, but how weird they get. And... <laughs> And I think all his books are like that. Like it's like uh, either or for all of them. So now I, I again, I I thought like this movie again. The cocaine probably made the movie as awesome as it was. <laughs> uh, him being coked out of his mind. 
So that's my final thoughts. So everyone, um, we'll give our final thoughts, then we'll do the rise from the grave, uh, rest in peace, or well, let it I'm die. just saying, so like, I'm just putting it out there. Uh, at least rest in peace, because I don't want to see them make another one of this movie. I want it to be like its own thing. I think that was rest in peace, right? Yeah, let it stand yeah. on its own. Because I mean, like nobody will be able to make it as schlocky and everything again the exact same way, because we've seen that in all these other uh, movies that they've redone, like Point Break, and from what I was hearing that Big Trouble, like if it was like Big Trouble in Little China or some other movies that they would be redoing, it's just gonna be bad because it's not gonna have the same feeling. <laughs> Or the same, yeah. It's like if they, as the original, so it's no point. It, it's like if they tried to remake the movie They Live. You can't remake that movie. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say rest in peace because this movie deserves to stand on its own merits. It's not cinema masterpiece. It's it's schlock. It knows it's schlock, and if you watch it, you go in knowing it's schlock. You just this is a movie you watch when you want to like have a few and. Just watch some if you're, bullshit if, around if and watch you're a movie. doing shit with, uh, if you have friends over, you can do just about anything. Yeah. Like if you have friends over, yeah. if you're working on projects or whatever, you could put it on in the background and then you still like, yeah. you can rewatch it a lot. Yeah, this is rewatchable because it's just so corny. Um, I watched it three times in the span of three weeks and each time I wasn't bored watching it uh, just because I think this movie stands on its own. It's shock. It's not going to be anything more than that. I know I've repeated myself. It's, but it's enjoyable and it's just a fun movie. You, you can't go in this movie with an over analytical mind. You have to just sit there with a bowl of popcorn, a drink in hand with some friends and laugh and watch this movie. Yes, you can point out the inconsistencies and the stupidity, but that's part of the fun because you're, you're having fun along with the movie. This isn't a movie you should sit down to overanalyze for a serious discussion on film. Uh, Steven, final thoughts. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I think this movie's freaking great. Uh, did Josh give his final thoughts? Yeah, I just blurred yeah, it out. He, oh, he kind of kind of just blurred okay. it. Yeah, uh, I love this movie. It's incredibly weird. It's kind of silly. Uh, and just like way over the top and just kind of dumb, but in the best way. And uh, since I'm giving my final thoughts, I'll throw my vote in there. And I think it needs to rise from the grave, and I will tell you why. Because I would like to see Maximum Overdrive 2, where Emilio Estevez plays the same character he did in the original movie, and he's like Ash from Ash vs. Evil Dead, where he's just like, what the hell? <laughs> like, this shit is really? I like that idea. <laughs> I see. Okay, I agree with that. Even I do keep my vote as rest in peace, but I do like your justification for Rise from the Grave. I would love to see a sequel to this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of like. Oh. Yeah, I feel you. Okay, but they gotta bring back. They gotta bring back at least Emilio. Yeah, Emilio and, and his girlfriend. And Kurt, yeah, Emilio, they'll, they'll be like, she found out I was worthless or something. 
Connie, Emilio, Connie, and Curtis. Curtis? I can't be on the boat. I'm going to toss my cookies. That's probably going to be the difficult part if they try it is getting her back, though. Yeah, she hated it. If I ever meet her, I'm bringing a copy of this movie and I'm going to ask her to autograph it. (laughs) She's going to be like, oh my God, really? (laughs) Your your eardrums will be shattered by the immense sigh that she gives you. <laughs> It'll be worth it. <laughs> I'll wear earplugs. All right, Jeremy, what's your final thoughts? Um, let's see, I don't really have any. I like, I again, I like the movie. It reminded me a lot of Creep Show, like I said before. So there's not much else I can say about it. Um, it was campy, like most '80s horror slash sci-fi slash whatever type of movie you would call this, but. I would like it to, well, you know, I would like it to rest in peace, but it would be interesting to see if they continued it with, like, what Steven said. But I don't think at this point they will, being it's 30 years, almost 40 years since this one was made. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, there's always that possibility with the way they keep remaking everything, it seems like, at this point. So, yeah, and then they'll fuck it up. Like usual. Yep. So, but I yeah, mean, that's my. I mean, other than that, my, I don't really have anything else. I my only fear if they remake this is like if you see a lot of remakes, a lot of them suck, and especially with horror films now, it seems like everything is um PG thirteen, and this movie has to be rated R. Well, uh, what is my it changes the whole aspect of the way the movie came out, really. So, like, this one is naturally campy. The way they're going about making movies today are they're more realistic. Like, yeah. when when someone gets their arm chopped off, it looks like they got their fucking arm chopped off. Like, back then, you notice, like, when he got injured with the damn can, there was, like, a dent in his forehead. But yeah, there wasn't, it did like, up after he got hit in the face. Yeah, the yeah. But I mean, you know, back then it was just different way the way they did things, and I don't know how you imitate that today because they, they don't can't. they don't make the stuff the same way anymore. So and it would all be CGI. Yeah, all the trust would be yeah. So just the nature of how they do it is just different. There's certain things that call for remakes, and I think certain. I think what they're doing with the new Halloween, and I know I'm, bat, you know, tracking off a little bit, but like Halloween, they can the way they're remaking these now, I think is perfect. But they're not really remaking them; they're like continuing it with the old people. Yeah. So now Michael Myers is sixty years old, and so is Jamie Lee Curtis, right? So yeah. He's- so they're continuing it, almost like what Stephen was talking about, like he'd like to see with this, but. The thing is, the original Halloween was not the same kind of campiness that this was. So that yeah. works a little bit better than in the current day than a movie like this, I think, would. Um, that, so. No, I hear you. That, that's the route they were taking with Scream when they did Scream 4. Just, I know we're off topic a little bit, but that's okay because we're relating it to the movie that we're talking about. Yeah. The, um, when they did Scream 4, it was supposed to end like Sidney Prescott's story um, and continue with her cousins. And so it was a sequel, but also a reboot. 
as in it didn't d- dispel yeah, the like original continuity. Yeah. Soft boot. So that stuff still happened, but now we're going to follow this new character. And that's originally what Scream 4 would lead into Scream 5 and be a new trilogy. Well, Scream 4 didn't do as well as they'd hoped. And they are actually about to make a Scream 5. It's supposed to start shooting this year. And r- rumors are ne- Nev Campbell's coming back. Um, I don't know about Courtney Cox, but uh, David Arquette's coming back as Dewey. And I guess they're, and then Hayden Panteri's character is rumored to be coming back because it was rumored she didn't die in Scream 4. So if they did something like with Maximum Overdrive, kind of like how they're doing Scream and Halloween, where they nod to the original and respect the characters and plus, plus tell a new story, I think they can make it work. But it all depends. It has to be the right person in charge because. Um, if you look at like Scream 1 and 2, it was written by Kevin Williamson, directed by Wes Craven. Scream 3 feels kind of like the black sheep of the original three screams because it wasn't written by Kevin Williamson. So it didn't have the same care for the characters and storyline and stuff like yeah. that. And so, but if I think that they find the right person for Maximum Overdrive, I really think that they could tell the story again. Because who's to say that another comment can come through or another ship come through? And the the comment, for all we know, could have been the ship. And so I think you could definitely tell another story in that universe with a new set of people. Um, I think you'd need the right people, because if you look at The Thing versus the remake that came out in 2011, the, the remake wasn't as good as the, I'd say it's the original thing, but it's actually a remake in itself, uh, The Thing from Another World. But like John Carpenter's The Thing, was way better than the one that came out in 2011. Yeah. I just think they need the right people in charge to like the show love Instead for the original. Of just trying working. to show a cash grab. Yeah, instead of showing a cash grab, because you can have both. Because you can make it successful, but if you gotta, I do think you need to please the fans a little bit because we've all three, all of us, all four of us, have been fans of this movie for 30 plus years. So if they made a sequel, we would want it to pay some respect to the thing that we loved. Yeah. And instead of just instead of being this hot garbage. And so Yep. That's that's pretty much it. I'm gonna start getting on a soapbox if I keep going. But so next time we're gonna discuss the The Last Jedi is gonna be the next one on Sci Fi Graveyard. And then following that, we're gonna probably do Speed Racer, which I mentioned last time. Those are the next two. So it probably won't be next Sunday, but probably the Sunday after that, just to give ourselves some time. I'm trying to get on a consistent schedule. Yeah, next every Sunday is going to be our wrestling podcast, right? Yep. Um, yeah, I think because it's uh, SummerSlam, SummerSlam is next. SummerSlam! Yeah. It's going to be, I think, in Orlando, too, at Amway, is what I'm hearing. Uh, really? Yeah, they've already got the trucks at the Amway Center. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. They yeah, can't have fans yeah. yeah, they can't have fans there. So it's going to be at the Amway Center, which is cool because at least they could have like the real set there instead of the the performance center set. Yeah, and I think they're going to start doing uh, Raw and SmackDown from there as well. Mm. Well, that's cool. So yeah, because they so that's that's what they've discussed. Yeah, they they moved out of the performance center to the Amway Center. But so next week, join us for wrestling with the Willies as we all discuss our thoughts and things on wwe's SummerSlam 2020 i'm joe and for steven jeremy and josh i want to thank you all to have a wonderful night thank you for listening if you like subscribe follow us on our social media on facebook twitter and instagram we are the heart of geek on 
on Twitch, we are just Heart of Geek, and we do Saturday live streams of D&D. Uh, we didn't do any this week, but hopefully next week we'll be back on schedule where you can see if our characters survive its next its next perilous journey in its story. So no, again, yeah. thank you all for listening. I'm actually excited. I can't wait. So this is my first D&D session, so I'm a little bit probably more excited than everybody else's. Uh, I know this is probably Jeremy's first, too. Yeah, it's yep, it is my Maybe. first. I think, yeah. This is my second, I think. I, I, I think when I did it, I, I, it was like eight, ages ago. I was like young as shit. I did like <laughs> one table. I two tabletops before. One was a, one was a spy, and one was uh, it was supposed to be D anD D, but it was modern times. Took place on a airplane, so which we we played for a few hours. But this is my first time actually doing Dungeons and Dragons with the book. And so I'm excited. So again, we'll see y'all on Saturday and Sunday, hopefully Saturday, definitely on Sunday night with wrestling with the willies. Again, follow us at the hearty geek. Our website is also the hearty geek. And I want to wish you all a wonderful night and everyone say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> okay.